This program is brought to you by P1 Australia Racing Components, the designer of the oil heat mats for dry sump tank applications. Find out more about the truths on engine oil heating at p1australia.com. You love supercars and keeping up to speed sometimes means hitting the rev limiter? Welcome to the Gates Rev Limiter Podcast. After each round, we unpack what happened. Join Andrew Clark. We've paused a fraction and got it right, and they probably still would have won the race. I mean, and yours truly, Neville Wilkinson. These are the heady days when Ford was spending mega bucks for all the action, all the controversy, and sometimes a little emotion. The Gates Rev Limited Supercars Podcast. Subscribe now on Apple, Spotify, or where you listen to them. Thunder Media. Hi, I'm Chaz Mostert. Hi, I'm Shane Van Gisbergen. And you're listening to Inside Supercars. From the racetracks across Australia, and here's Inside Supercars. Today on Inside Supercars, we take a deep dive into the life of Will Davidson. No, not the driver, Will Davison. It's Will Davidson, who this year worked with the Barry Sheen medal winner, Lee Holsworth. He tells us what he thoughts of Lethal Lee. Great guy, I think he's one of the most likeable characters uh, within the field, so he will be sorely missed. Davidson cut his teeth in Europe. He worked for and with some of the biggest names in motorsport. Uh, it was Kimi Räikkönen uh, and his, it was Räikkönen Robertson racing at that time. Yep. Uh, so it was Kimi Räikkönen and his managers, the Robertsons. Next year was uh, Pierre Gasly. He was good fun to work with. He was an incredibly nice guy. And, and now in the supercar series, what level does he see it compared to the rest of the world? Supercars is on the sort of same sort of comparison level, uh, technically and personnel-wise, as a, as a good GP2 team. We take a fascinating look at the man from Sydney who's been around the world and back again here on Inside Supercars. And it starts now. Welcome to Inside Supercars, Tony Whitlock. I'm at the Adelaide 500. And finally, after eight, nine months of attempts, I finally got Will Davidson, the engineer with Grove Racing. Um, and he's gonna tell us some of his story because it's an interesting story and uh, the outcome of which is still to be known. But Will, um, welcome to Inside Supercars at long last. Um, wonderful to have you here. Um, you've been engineering Lee Holdsworth all year. Yep. And you've had some highs and lows as uh, this series does to everybody. Absolutely. But, all series, to be fair. <laughs> yeah, but um, one of the great things is that Lee is such a delightful man to work with. I imagine the team environment has been terrific for you. Yeah, I mean, Lee's been great to work with, obviously, having someone so experienced. I've never worked with uh, someone quite as experienced as him, which is which is really nice. Uh, and, yeah, obviously, great guy. I think he's one of the most likeable characters uh, within the field. Um, so he will be sorely missed, obviously, his last race uh, this time out. Um, but, yeah, it's been, been great being involved. Teams, teams are obviously in a bit of a rebuilding uh, uh, phase at the moment, um, but yeah, it's it's all starting to come together uh, as we all keep working on it. So it's uh, yeah, good 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 group of uh, guys and girls here. So it's uh, yeah, it's been good. And have you committed for next year's yet? Uh, no, no, nothing set for for next year yet. Uh, we'll see what see what uh, yeah holds it for that. But. Okay, one of the things that's happened uh, with Groves is that you've been manning up in terms of engineering. Um, obviously, with David Couchy being a team principal, and then 
most recently with uh, Grant uh, Shippey, yep. as he's known, joining. Uh, so uh, Alison McVean, of course, was uh, uh, Dave Reynolds' engineer. Yep. Um, it must be a, a good learning experience there because you've got such experienced people. Yeah, I mean, obviously I do have a decent amount of experience myself in other categories, but supercars was a completely new new category for me, so being able to draw on uh, wealth of experience there from Al and uh, Alan Couchy, uh, obviously well-established engineers who have, yeah, I mean... One, one championships. One, a, a lot of stuff between the two of them. Yeah, um, it, it's been it's been quite good. Um, so yeah, it's been been good to have that uh, in order to actually uh, yeah, get myself established in in supercars. Obviously, it is quite uh, quite a different car uh, compared to uh, what I've worked with in in the past. Um, but at the end of the day, it's still uh, still just a car. So it's getting to know what makes it tick and. And uh, yeah, they've been obviously instrumental in, in being able to help me there. So it's been good. okay. Well, let's go back and start where you started. Now, Sydney born. Yep. Yep. Sydney and born, and uh, went to Sydney University. Uh, then after that, uh, went over to the to the UK. Um, sort of yeah, on a bit of a wing and a prayer. Um, got a got a job with Double R Racing. Mechanical Engineering at Sydney University. Yes, exactly. And by the age of 22, 23, you've then thought to look overseas. Yeah, exactly. I mean, so back at uni, I, I did former SAE uh, there, so I did that in my final two years. I was a junior junior in the... Was that second... when Ron Turek was involved? Uh, yeah, I mean, we, we actually had a visit from Ron uh, at one time in, I think it was our last year, uh, to give us a bit of a, a, bit yes. of a pep talk and go through everything, um, which was quite good. Um, but yeah, it was, yeah, just got, I think I spent more time in the workshop than I did uh, at any lectures or anything like that, right. uh, just getting involved. And yeah, last year I was uh, I was team um, team leader there, so it was a good experience. That was also a, build, a rebuilding experience as well, because uh, the university hadn't had a huge amount of good years, so we were just trying to get back into a, a good frame of mind to keep yep. keep it alive for future uh, okay. future years as well, which was which was good. Um, so you, one of my, my my second IC actually was uh, Adam Austin, who is now uh, down in Walkinshaw. Uh, oh, so right. yeah, he's uh, we go back a while, um, and. Uh, yeah, it's uh, after that went over to uh, UK and worked for Double R Racing, which and which was, uh, which is which is yeah for, uh, was Kimi Räikkönen uh, and his it was Räikkönen Robertson Racing at that time. Yep. Uh, so it was Kimi Räikkönen and his managers, the Robertsons, uh, owned the team along with uh, uh, Anthony Hyatt Boyo. Uh, yep. He's, he's Welsh, so he always went by Boyo, um, and yeah, uh, worked for them in. Uh, uh, data engineer for as Formula in Formula Three, and in uh, Formula BMW. Although I was yeah became uh, race engineer pretty quickly in Formula BMW uh, for that first season. Um, and who were, who were your drivers there? Uh, so my first driver was uh, Rupert Svensson Cook. Um, he, was, he was a good lad. He, he he was fast on his day, um, and yeah, it, it was nice nice. Still kid racing. To work with. No, he doesn't race anymore. He actually does driver management now. Gotcha. Um, he didn't didn't quite make it uh, to the end. As I said, he was he was fast on his day, uh, and yeah, it's um, yeah, just didn't probably didn't have quite the uh, amount of cash needed to get to that yeah. uh, level that he needed. So he took a different direction in his career. Right. Um, but yeah, we 
uh, our other driver at that stage was uh, Michael Christensen, who's obviously now quite a successful GT driver. Yep. Um, and yeah, uh, Carlos Huertas. How, how big a series is Formula BMW then? I mean, it was quite quite a good little series because um, all, all the cars were the same, so you knew you were on the same similar playing uh, playing field to everybody else. So you basically just learning the basics of uh, race engineering. Uh, that I can't remember, but it followed around the F1, so you're always in the F1 field, um, yep. which was quite nice. Um, and yeah, it was effectively took over. It took the GP3 spot of now. Um, I, I'm not aware of who's come through Formula BMW. Can you think of some people who have? Um, Got up the ranks. Yeah, I mean, like Felipe Nazza um, was was in it. Um, uh, to be honest, it's such a long time ago now. It's like fifteen years ago. Um, it's uh, yeah, I can't actually remember. That's I okay. barely barely remember all of my drivers. I've got to say. So yeah, that it's... they'll be devastated to hear. Yeah, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> oh well. Yes, exactly. Okay, so you're over there, you're working, um, you're doing race engineering in BMW, Formula BMW, yep. and then data engineering in Formula 3. Exactly, So yeah. you've got a very busy schedule. Yeah, I mean, she was pretty flat out for that that first year. Um, to be honest, the first two years I did effectively the same uh, same thing. I was uh, doing both. And Which I imagine would help accelerated sort of learning. Absolutely. I mean, it was good. I was basically away uh, more weekends than I wasn't, uh, and then you chuck in testing and everything, and it, it's quite a full calendar. Um, but at the end, at the end of the day, I was I was young. I didn't have any other commitments or anything like that, so it it, it worked. Um, right. So yeah, it's, uh, it was quite good. <laughs> okay. Um, and so you've went through that. How many years did you do in that? Uh, so with with Double R, I was with them for six years. So that was the first two years. In in my third year, I I took over as race engineer in Formula Three. Um, and yeah, in the following years, I basically took over as, as chief engineer uh, at, in in Double R. Um, so mainly Formula Three focused. I was still race engineering on weekends, um, but I was also uh, overseeing uh, the the company in an engineering perspective right. overall. Um, yeah, that was that was quite good. Boy, I was a good boss. He he uh, he taught me a lot. Uh, I was a good friend. He's a, he's a pretty fierce racer, isn't he? Oh, absolutely. I mean, uh, he's, he was around. I mean, it was all uh, Trevor Carlin and uh, Boyo and Richard Dutton and everything and uh, Russell. Uh, they were all uh, the, F, the British uh, F3, um, and they are all of the same ilk. Um, yeah. So they, they were all pretty It's like a mafia push. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but they're all... Oh, pushing and but all pretty fair. And, yeah. Uh, now there, there's one person who's instrumental in your career in terms of getting you over there. Yeah, yeah. So uh, Timmy Miles uh, was. I used to do karting. Uh, Sydney entrepreneur and race driver occasionally. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and just all around nice guy, you know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, so I used to do do karting with him. Uh, the likes of actions, Timmy and uh, Annie McElray, etc. Yeah. Um, and uh, and yeah, obviously knew Timmy. And after uh, after uni, he sent my CV around to a bunch of people, including some supercar teams. And yeah, Boyer was the, the first one to get back to me, and uh, I jumped at the occasion. Yep. Um, so didn't really know any of the details. <laughs> Just sort of uh, got a visa, uh, working holiday visa at the time, and uh, went over there. Okay. Um, and 
there. Ended up staying over there and, for um, a long time. <laughs> because you come from that part of, of the world called Australia and New Zealand, welcomed into England, particularly in the racing fraternity. Oh, yeah. absolutely. I mean, yeah, they give they yeah. give you a load of stick, you know. Yeah, but, <laughs> but that's expected. I mean, yes. that's that's also just motorsport, you know. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, it's a term of endearment, a term of friendship. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. So you're there working in in F3 and. Um, Thoughts of going higher, much higher? Um, yeah, I mean, so I had applied a couple of times uh, for um, going into F1. I didn't really, I didn't really um, gain any traction at, at any stage. Uh, I got to say, I didn't pursue it that hard. Um, and then I, after that, uh, Boyer was quite helpful. He always looked after his stuff uh, very well. Um, always had their back. It was hard on you when he needed to, but mm. always had your back. And he helped me get into the next stage, so he he, uh, he helped me get into Arden, uh, and I started there in, in, in World Series as a performance engineer. Uh, at the time it was uh, Antonio Felix de Costa and, uh, and Pietro Fantin. Um, so I was doing that and uh, and chief engineer on F3 uh, for the final year in double R and then after that uh, went on to Arden full time as yeah still a performance engineer but also headed up their their simulation department effectively for for all series so that was World Series GB3 um, and GB2 uh, sort of took over that uh, that role um, and then yeah after that uh, did that for a couple of years uh, with World Series. Had some good drivers. Um, so next year was uh, Pierre Gasly. He was good fun to work with. He was an incredibly nice guy and very fast. There's been some bad press recently about um, Pierre Gasly. I, I've never met the man, but yeah. uh, you you have uh, fond memories of him. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he, he was he was always super nice to everyone in the team. Um, I don't know. Maybe, maybe his personality has, has changed slightly. Uh, obviously, he's in a, in a different league now. But uh, my memories of him were all, were always uh, very good. Um, he always looked after everyone. He always made sure he came o- came around to everyone and shook their hands, said thank you, and everything. I still have a cap from from one of his uh, podiums. He, he he got it. He, he always made sure he he signed the cap. Um, put a little message on, and then and then gave it to one of the team members. So I still got still got that cap at home. Winning um, races? Uh, he actually didn't win a single race that year, but he got a lot of podiums, right. uh, and, and that's probably the only reason he, he lost out to Science in that year. Yes. Um, but yeah, he, he he got a lot of seconds. <laughs> okay. Right. Um, so yeah, uh, they were the two Red Bull drivers, obviously at, at the time, and uh, that's probably why Science just got that little edge on him. Yeah. In, in the yeah. end. What happened? How come you're here? Um, well, after that, uh, so I, I did a few more years with uh, with Arden, and then uh, did ended up in GP2. I was chief engineer in GP3, and then chief engineer in GP2. Um, and then I'd actually gotten a call from um, Adam Baker at BMW Motorsport the previous year, um, and he he'd asked me to uh, come over to uh, Munich, and. Um, and yeah, I told him I'd just accepted a job as chief engineer of GP2. Uh, but then the next year, uh, my wife fell fell pregnant, um, and we decided, yeah, why not? Uh, amazing, given the schedule you had, that yeah. these sort of things can happen. Yeah, exactly. Um, and we sort of decided, well, why not? Let's uh, let's give it a go. So I rang Adam Baker up, Adam Baker up the following year, and he said, you said, know, "You still got a job?" And he said, "Yeah, come over and do DTM." 
Um, so we moved over to Munich. My wife was seven months pregnant at the time. Right. Uh, didn't speak a, a lick of German. Um, still don't where really. You, but where are you based? <laughs> uh, Munich. Right. Uh, so centre in Munich. Um, so we, we went over there and I started off in DTM. Um, I, I actually did Ops Room uh, for that year, uh, which kind of worked out quite nicely because we had a newborn child, obviously. Um, and yeah, that was the first year I had never been track based, so right. I'd always done travel. Uh, still working on weekends, obviously, being being in an ops room, but uh, I didn't do any travel. Explain that that occupation. What is that job, the ops room? Uh, so it's an operational room. So it's uh, basically just for extra extra staff who can't be present at uh, at the race uh, weekends because you you normally have, especially these days, you have massive personnel restrictions. Um, so and it's all cost containment. Exactly. It was, it was for cost reasons um, to make sure that you, people aren't bringing exorbitant amount of people along to the track um, which I think is good um, otherwise it gets it can just well, better get the, a bit the overboard. DTM had a history of being very expensive oh absolutely yeah, uh, yeah. and those yeah. times when they were doing 30 minute engine changes and stuff like <laughs> that you know? yeah exactly no there was uh, the, the manufacturers I mean that was they put a lot of effort into it. They, yeah. it, it really mattered to them. So, um, which team were you working with? Well, so I was I was with BMW overall. So we right. we we had the three three teams, um, and I sort of had a, had a performance overview across the board, and I'd, okay. I'd, I'd I'd liaise with the teams on different performance this items. Is a, a much larger job than I, I could imagine, sort of thing. Yeah, it was. I mean, it was pretty full on. Um, so it's uh, you had to. The, you have to make sure you gain the trust of the teams. Uh, that was an, an important thing. Um, you have to make sure that you, know, yeah, because otherwise you, you can do whatever spiel you want to them uh, unless they actually have some trust in trust in you and trust in your capabilities. They're not going to actually listen to you. So it was important to gain that trust, and then you could actually start to get into the technical was details. Was Schnitzer one of those teams? Schnitzer wasn't at that time. So oh, it, yeah. it it was RMG, R R B M, and. Um, I forget, <laughs> but uh, yeah, Schnitzer had actually they'd stopped the previous year, gotcha. uh, basically. So they'd stopped ETM, um, but they were still involved in B- BMW with uh, GTs yes. uh, at the time. Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, and, and you were purely on DTM. I was purely on DTM until about we got to the end of the season, and uh, they then wanted uh, to push into Formula E. Uh, so they got myself, uh, Valentino Conti, and Tim Malian. Uh, so Tim used to actually, he was my boss, but he was uh, mainly focused on DTM. He was uh, Vettel's performance engineer through all his world championships. Right. Um, so obviously learned uh, quite a lot from him as well, which was which was good. Um, and uh, yeah, basically wanted us three to transfer over from DTM into Formula E. Uh, so at the time. BMW wasn't entering yet, uh, but they wanted us to go along with Andretti uh, for their final year of of, of Gen Two. Oh, sorry, Gen One. Um, so we did that um, for the next season. So I didn't really have a break that one. So it just went from DTM straight into Formula E. And you've got two kids here. Yeah, that was one kid at that time. Right. Yes. That was one kid at that time. Uh, so yeah, that was <laughs> that was pretty full on, uh, nonetheless. Because obviously le- leaving a one-year-old uh, home uh, with my wife. Uh, it was, Your wife's uh, name is uh, Jen. 
Right. Um, and she's a Sydney girl as well? Yes, we, we, we met at uni. Uh, we and, met at Sydney right. uni. Uh, and you had a long distance relationship for a while? Yeah, we did. We, we, we made it work for a couple of years. Uh, and then I finally convinced her to, to come over and join me uh, over in the UK. So, uh, yeah, that was good. Uh, and then uh, a couple of years later, we, we, we got married. Uh, and, yeah, been almost 11 years uh, since, uh, since we've been married. So, yeah, she's been through through all of it with me, uh, right. which is which has been good. Um, and, uh, and you're back living in Sydney now? Yeah, exactly. And um, you, you're a fly-in um, for race meetings and debriefs and briefings and things like that? Yeah, exactly. So I, 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 I run my own company now, uh, so I, I'm with, uh, yeah, uh, I do work for both um, both Groves and uh, another German company called Pacetech, um, who does uh, software, uh, motorsport software, effectively. Um, so yeah, I do uh, do obviously a lot of work with Groves on the weekends, um, but also all the all the pre uh, pre event uh, uh, setup and build of the car, uh, deciding on all that, and on top of that, I've been uh, doing a lot of work for them on tooling and everything, getting all all, all that up, software Get- side of things. Given you've worked on some, you know, pretty large projects like a, an operations for BMW, um, how does this the Gen Three thing? I mean, obviously they're in build process now. Um, Steve Robertson is uh, there doing that on Grove's behalf. Are you involved at all in that? No, I've I've been pretty much separated from 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 Gen Three, um, just purely because obviously it is great having Steve there, uh, who is controlling a lot of that. Yeah. Um, Would you so have known him? UK? No, I didn't. Didn't actually. First, first yeah. time we met was was here. Yes. Um, but it's, it's been good having him because it means that, uh, especially myself, uh, obviously only, only being uh, part time engineer, I've been able to focus completely on on, on this year. Al's obviously had a, di- a bit more to do with uh, yes. Gen Three, um, but overall he's still been able to have a, a reasonable focus on on this year alone uh, because a lot of that Gen Three stuff has been right. um, yeah steered by. Um, Just looking back on your career, I mean, the thing that would seem obvious, you know, having taken that jump to get on a ship, or plane rather, um, and and say, uh, go off to the UK, um, you know, when someone says it makes you an offer and and you said you didn't really know how much you are going to get paid and things like that, you took a lot of blind faith to say, right, yeah, I want to do this. Absolutely. I mean, when it comes down to it, I was was young. just had to give it a go you know it's uh it's what i wanted to do uh so that's what i did um it's uh yeah it's didn't really give it much thought i, I, I gotta say <laughs> <laughs> um it was uh it was either that or try to find something here um but yeah i, I just uh, i just took a lot of faith in it and and in the end i got looked after quite well um and i, I got it so going going back like I did a. I remember I did a seminar after Formula SAE uh, after my final year uh, with Claude Ruel. Yes. Um, so obviously he's well known throughout the um, throughout the community, motorsport community. Um, and I went along into a seminar and look, looking back, I mean, I, I have to say it. I, I'd have. Uh, I'd have, I still have my differences in interpretation on, on some things, but I learned a lot from him. Like, he, he got you thinking in the right way. 
you know, he, he, uh, he got you thinking analytically about everything, um, and it was it was very very useful seminar for me. And one of the things he, he said in that seminar was one thing you got to you got to be prepared to do in motorsport is never say no. You just uh, if an opportunity is given to you, just say yes and go do it. And uh, that sort of stuck with me a little bit. And uh, so yeah. I always have tried to do that if an opportunity uh, presents itself and it makes some sort of reasonable sense, go for it. You know. I similarly attended one of Claude Royal's courses. He was kind enough with Richard Bendel and Ken Douglas to um, give me that opportunity to go to a 12-day course. of. Uh, yep. And um, the biggest thing I learned was how much I didn't know. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah, yeah. A... And uh, it was a, a classic lesson for me on, uh, gee, this is amazing, because I just didn't realise I did not know, because I, I aspired to be a race car mechanic back some 50 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, anyway. Yeah, okay, so uh, again, that uh, opportunity given through attending something. Yep. That just gave me the inkling. Yeah, exactly. Um, you haven't decided on what you're doing, but Sydney is where you want to live with your wife and two children. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, both both my family, uh, uh, both our families are in uh, in Sydney. So uh, we came back to be to be close to our families. Uh, our kids. Uh, when did you move back to Australia? Last year. So oh, okay. It was uh, uh, oh, yeah October last year. Yeah. Uh, uh, it was hard to get back in because of all these restrictions of, of Australia. But that's a completely different story. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so yeah, been back a little over a year now. Um, but yeah, we were close to a family, and uh, and so that's where we are. And, and being back for the kids' education, and everything, because it was the German uh, language barrier was was starting to get a bit harder for us, especially as our our, our, our oldest one, who's now five, is it was growing up. So that's, that's what we did. At a time where being a bit of a sponge, trying to absorb as much. And... Absolutely. I mean, she was. Uh, they used to say she was basically fluent in German for her age, uh, and spoke like a German. And uh, I said, "Well, that's because she hasn't had two parents trying to bastardise it for them." So it was. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it worked. Uh, it was. Yeah, it was impressive how how quickly they learn. <laughs> Given that you've lived in three places in recent years, the last twenty years, say. Um, how do you compare? I mean, obviously, motorsport works at a much different level, much higher level over there compared to here. Um, yeah, I wouldn't necessarily say that. Obviously, like uh, once once you get to um, <coughs> Formula E sort of level uh, it, and DTM, to be fair, it is at a higher level purely from the budget uh, yeah. point of view. Um, but I, I would say, like, uh, supercars is on a sort of same sort of comparison level uh, technically. And personnel-wise, as a as a good GP2 team, um, so I think it's still operating at, at a very high level. It's obviously not at F1 level or anything like that, yeah. but uh, it's still supercars is operating at a very high level. And being also the main series in the in, in the country has an incredibly uh, big focus on it from a from a television and marketing point of view and all, all of that. So in terms of that, it is certainly the main game. Uh, whereas GP2, it's uh, it's probably at a similar sort of level technically and, and personnel-wise, but it's, it doesn't have that same sort of focus. So, you know, what the drivers and everything have to have to do in terms of commitments here is, is far greater. Um, than, than over there, so it's it's impressive how many how much they actually get through in in terms of that. Uh, yeah. 
you, you've actually worked in here talking about Formula E, something that is obviously going to be the future, maybe not five years, maybe ten years here. Um, I actually grew to like the series enormously, and I think one of the reasons was Dario Franchitti. Yeah, he makes it good. Who's an enormous asset to that series. Absolutely. Um, and I've actually spoken at some length with John Russell, who's yep. spent a long time in that series as well. It was a, a very interesting to see the way in which the manufacturers have jumped in, and clearly they're wanting to make a big success of it, aren't they? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, th- th- they sort of see it as a... Um, I mean, uh, at the end of the day, it's that they want to afford the uh, electric... Um, electric car in, in general so it ma- makes sense for them to, to have that presence in Fort Marie um, you know they have put a huge amount of money into it They're getting a few few people pull out now but uh, then, you, then you get a few few more others come in so it's uh, and I think LMDH has, has also shifted focus for a couple of the manufacturers as well um, but Overall, it was. I have to say, when I first joined it, I was sceptical. I wasn't sure whether I was actually going to enjoy it and, and everything. But it's um, it's just a different form of racing. Was that in the time when there were two cars? Exactly. Yeah, it yeah. was. Because that the, 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 when the jump came to just having one car, that was obviously a massive. It, it made a huge difference. It made the series much better just going into the one car, and and your focus just becomes different. I mean, at the end of the day, they're they're on all weather tyres. Um, which so they don't have the same grip, but the drivers are still on the limit all the time. Um, and basically, I did a huge amount of work on the energy management uh, side of things, which, from a strategic point, was was very interesting. And it was it was just it was just a different challenge when it comes down to it. Yeah. You know, it's uh, you have different challenges in supercars, um, which are probably more traditional ones, uh, and that was just. It was just a different challenge, um, which was quite quite good. I, got, I have to say, in terms of strategy, uh, supercars is also uh, up there in terms of complexity with the, all the different formats, the different tyres, and yeah, it's especially the races like this weekend. They're, they're some of the tougher ones in ter- in terms of uh, strategy. Well, yeah, I mean the, the temperatures obviously are going to be really impressing the drivers. Yeah, yeah. This is uh, cabin temperature. This is, this is another thing I've not been used to uh, yeah, until yeah. this year. Yes. <laughs> all all, all uh, all my career, I've been dealing with uh, open wheelers, and coming here, this is the first time I've had a, I've seen a lid over the driver's head. Um, so I've had absolutely no input whatsoever in terms of driver cooling or everything. So that's that's been completely reliant on on the others and uh, uh, to guide me on that. So <laughs> that's been an interesting learning curve. All right. Well, thank you very much, Will Davidson, for joining us, and uh, we wish you all the very best. And um, Regardless of where your direction takes you, uh, good luck in the future with it all. Cool. Thank you very much. (laughs) Our pleasure. Our thanks to Tony Whitlock and also Will Davidson. An interesting chat there for sure. I hope you had a wonderful Christmas. And heading into the new year, we've still got some great stuff for you. Next week on the show, we'll hear from David Couchy, Matt Stone and Tim Blanchard. I am looking forward to you joining us then. Merry Christmas and I hope you'll join us next time round on Inside Supercars. Inside Supercars is produced by Thunder Media. Tune in next time for more or lock in the podcast on your iTunes or mobile device. Search Inside Supercars. 
The views expressed on Inside Supercars, including the panellists and guests, do not reflect the views of the network, Thunder Media or Sport Radio. Any publication or rebroadcast of the show without the expressed written permission of Thunder Media is strictly prohibited. You love supercars and keeping up to speed sometimes means hitting the rev limiter? Welcome to the Gates Rev Limiter Podcast. After each round, we unpack what happened. Join Andrew Clark. We've paused a fraction and got it right, and they probably still would have won the race. I mean, and yours truly, Neville Wilkinson. These are the heady days when Ford was spending mega bucks for all the action, all the controversy, and sometimes a little emotion. The Gates Rev Limited Supercars Podcast. Subscribe now on Apple, Spotify, or where you listen to them.